0: And today I'm so glad to welcome to the podcast, Mark Ward. Mark is the editor in chief of Bible study magazine, a product of Faith Life, the makers of Logos Bible software. He has written Bible textbooks on worldview for high schoolers and middle schoolers, and is the author of Authorized, the use and misuse of the King James Bible. And that's by Lexham Press. Mark serves in his local church, is an active YouTuber and blogger. You can check that out at his website, byfaithweunderstand.com. And he resides with his wife and three children in Mount Vernon, Washington. And I'm just glad to have you on the podcast. Mark, I've known you for numbers of years, and I'm glad we can sit down and have this conversation together.
1: It's really my privilege. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Oh man, I am looking forward to digging into God's word with you. So let's just go there. What, uh, what verse do you have for us today?
1: When I sign copies of my book, Authorized, which people occasionally ask me to do, it always makes me feel weird, but I'm happy to do it. I sign with 1 Corinthians fourteen nine underneath, and it reads, I'll just read this verse before we get to the context. So with yourselves, if with your tongue you utter speech that is not intelligible, how will anyone know what is said? For you will be speaking into the air. So I'm glad you
0: mentioned context because, wow, we are right in the middle of something. And that verse doesn't give a lot of clues about what that something is. So why don't you provide that? What's the setting here?
1: That setting is a letter from the Apostle Paul to the Christians who are worshiping in the church at Corinth, which is a city in Greece, of course. And this is all 2000 years ago at the time of the New Testament. And in that Corinthian church, they had numerous problems they did have numerous saints also. It wasn't all problems. They were good things too. But mm-hmm. Paul is addressing these problems. And one of the problems they had that he addresses in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. And if you recognize 1 Corinthians 13, that's the famous love chapter. Mm-hmm. You had people who were exercising their spiritual gifts in this church at Corinth, but who were not doing it for the sake of edifying others, but only of building themselves up. Paul's principle here that he states over and over again is that, and I'm, a, I'm going to put it in hard words first, and then I'm going to put it in easier words. Edification requires, and this is the word from the verse, intelligibility. If you're going to build people up, you have to use words that they can understand. Hmm. If you want to build other people up, build up other Christians, like moms and dads are always telling their kids. I know my wife and I are, always are. You have to use words that they can understand.
0: So Paul is saying here to his readers, look, there may be problems with what you're doing, but here's the bottom line. Your words when you go to church, if someone else can't understand what you're saying, you're not gonna be able to encourage them or help them like the Lord intends.
1: Right, so Paul just says, how's anyone gonna know what's said? And you're right, to place that in the context of the church. He emphasizes this principle over and over again throughout this chapter. If you don't use words people can understand, then you're not going to build them up. And the whole point is, he'll he'll actually say, I would much rather that you spoke five words that people could understand than 10,000 words in a tongue that people cannot understand. So this gives us a value to look for in church. And it's why we have children's church. We want kids to be able to receive the truth of God's word at a level that's appropriate to them.
0: That's something that's really important in my heart as well, because this podcast, I want adults and children to be able to understand what God is saying in his word. And sometimes as teachers, we do an okay job of communicating what it says in a way that even a 10 year old can pick it up. And then sometimes maybe our words get in the way. But I want to know more of your story here, Mark. How has God used this verse in your life? What's the place that it's had? How has it changed you?
1: Well, um, I don't mind saying, and maybe your listeners already know this, but you said to me before we talked that I should think about that 10 year old in the back seat in the minivan. And I actually happen to have one of those. Hmm. My middle child is 10 years old. She's a girl. I love her so much, and she's very smart. And when I speak to her about the Bible, sometimes I remember it was back when I was 10 years old that I first started to realize, oh, there's different Bible translations. There's the King James Version. There is the New King James Version, the New International Version. And I remember being confused by all of this. And I wish I could go back to my 10-year-old self and explain that one of the big reasons why we have multiple Bible translations is that edification requires intelligibility. Building people up requires using words they can understand. And I grew up on the King James Version, which is and was an excellent Bible translation. But I came to realize over time that it was translated into an in English that no one speaks anymore. Hmm. We understand a lot of it, but we don't really understand all of it. A lot of the words have just dropped out of English over the last 400 years since the King James was translated. And there are quite a number of words. I call them false friends. That means something different than they did 400 years ago, and you know most people won't pick that up. So in an effort to try to explain first to myself and then to other Christians, why would I move away from this translation I love so much, the King James Version, I landed on this passage and I saw Paul repeatedly saying, if you wanna build people up, you gotta use words they can understand. And I think that applies also to Bible translation. Uh, That's why this passage means so much to me. I want people to understand the Bible. And that means, I think, using the translation, using a translation of the Bible that is made into your English so you can understand, so you can be built up in your holy faith.
0: So I'm sure that most people probably use more often than not the version of the Bible, the translation of the Bible that their church uses. So if their pastor preaches from the ESV, the English Standard Version, then Good chance they've got a copy and they use it with some kind of regularity. And maybe it's the NIV, the New International Version. They're probably using that with some regularity. So let's just assume that people are going to use the versions that they're comfortable with or that their church uses. And a child's probably going to use the one that mom and dad bought for him or her. But if a mom or dad were to ask you, Mark, what's a good translation or what are numbers of good translations that you would recommend for my 10 year old or 12
1: year old or eight year old? What are some of the ones that you would recommend? I think that we are more bound by tradition in this area than most of us Protestants um, that's non-Catholics typically would like to admit. And we need to, as parents, become aware of the options out there. If your children are very good readers, I do tend more toward the formal or literal translations like the ESV. But if your church doesn't use that, that's fine also to use uh, like the new international version or the Christian standard Bible that are uh, both very popular also. Um, But especially if your child struggles to read or you've got very young children and you're still wanting them to hear from God's word and you just sense they're not understanding when I read to them from a more formal translation, like the English standard version, Mm -hmm. then you need to feel free in your conscience to obey first Corinthians 14. Building up your children is going to require using words they can understand. And the New International Readers version, which is basically a somewhat simplified version of the NIV, I have used to great effect with an outreach ministry I was a part of where the the adults I was speaking to were functionally illiterate. It doesn't mean they couldn't read at all. It meant that they'd never read a book in their entire lives. They really struggled to read that was an excellent tool uh, i think you ought to feel free as a parent to use pretty much whatever evangelical english bible translation on your christian bookstore shelf that's you know made it through all that bedding mm-hmm. seems the most helpful for your children
0: good that's so helpful well i'm going to read from the version i have in front of me that's the christian standard bible first corinthians 14:9 this is the verse you pointed us to today mark here's what god's word says in the same way unless you use your tongue for intelligible speech How will what is spoken be known? For you will be speaking into the air. That's such a great reminder and a great application of this verse that we should avail ourselves and use the translations that we're going to be able to understand and that are faithfully communicating God's word to us. So, Mark, thank you for pointing us in this direction and for being on the podcast today. Would you just close our time by praying this verse
1: for all of us? Lord, I pray for everyone, child and adult who hears this podcast that you would use your spirit to illuminate them, to give them understanding of your word. And I pray that you would use the tools of good contemporary English Bible translations to open up their eyes to the truth of what you've said. Lord, then give us grace to repent of the ways in which we failed to follow and obey your word, including in this passage, First Corinthians 14. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to In the Word on the Go. For more information about this podcast or to listen to past episodes, visit wordonthego.net.